everybody, and welcome back to the Student Soapbox, the podcast hosted by the UAlbany Student Association. I am your host, Director of Academic Affairs, Michelle Moreno, and with me here, I have a different co-host today. Um, Derek, do you want to introduce yourself? Yes. Uh, hi. How's it going, everyone? My name is Derek Valadares. I'm one of Mitch's interns. Also, I'm a brother of Sigma Beta Rho Fraternity Incorporated, and I just want to introduce my LBs. Um, hi, my name's Elon Ellis. As my brother just said, I'm a member of Sigma Beta Rho Fraternity Incorporated and I joined because I, it's a good place to find people who have common interests of, like as yourself. Hey guys, my name is Dustin Dalloway. I'm a brother of Sigma Beta Rho Fraternity Incorporated. And I personally joined because I saw a friendship that I didn't really see anywhere else prior. You know, this was definitely an environment that was new for me. And I definitely, every single day, I'm happy that I made this decision. Hey, my name is Joshua Monte. I'm also a brother of Sigma Beta Rho Incorporated. Uh, I joined because uh, as soon as I met the brothers, I sensed the, I got the sense of family immediately. So that's basically why I joined. Awesome. And for those of you who do not know Greek acronyms, LB means line brothers. These guys are all brothers of the same fraternity. Actually, Josh is the Neo, so congratulations on Josh. Josh is a Neo, so congrats. He just crossed this semester. That's amazing. So the reason why we have these wonderful gentlemen on here tonight is because we want to talk today about multiculturalism as it pertains to higher education and our society. And SIGRO is actually a multicultural fraternity that kind of amazing. And so what does your fraternity do to address issues of multiculturalism and to empower minorities at the UAlbany campus and even the greater Albany community? So what SIGRO really focuses on is that we're always looking ways to expand. Every year, every, uh, a lot of Greeks face like have the problem of facing extinction for it. But us, we, we always like to expand every semester. Recently, we just got uh, three more brothers, thank God. And every semester, we're always looking to expand. So how do we do this? We, we do this by like going around in different organizations. I can say that I joined Asia. I know one of my line brothers, they joined um, Sasa. Also, they're working for a different orgs. And that's how we, we, we confabulate with the people there to, to reach out. Well, adding on to what um, Derek said, we also know the stigma around fraternities and party. It's just like party, party, like school, party first, second, school after. But that's not what we do. And that's also, that's also like a big problem with like the multicultural like stigmas as well is is you have to know your priorities and that's something that we push for yeah that's absolutely right and i actually recently also joined a greek org this semester and from joining a greek org i've also learned there's like so many different misconceptions that people have about greek life especially like promoted by the media and again like there are like things such as hazing which are really bad but the vast majority of the Greek orgs, especially on our campus, do more for the community 
in terms of empowering them and giving back than harm. Like you guys have a philanthropy that you've been working on, haven't you? Uh, yeah, SOS Children's Villages. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Um, I could talk a little bit about it. Uh, a little bit about it. Um, as treasurer for the organization, basically what we do is for our philanthropy. Um, we actually have uh, another brother who kind of runs a little bit closer with that. But we do have like fundraisers, or sometimes throughout the year, um, some of the funds that we may make on any of the um, a- any of the financial ventures that we have will go ahead and will put towards that fund towards SOS Children's Villages, which will go towards helping um, the the children of developing countries so that they can have better, I believe it's better schooling and uh, it, it pretty much goes towards helping them create a better environment for themselves. Wow, that's fantastic. Thank you guys so much for doing what you're doing. One of the reasons why we have Sigro, again, as we mentioned, they are a multicultural fraternity so the members of the fraternity, they've grown up in all sorts of different backgrounds, different nationalities. And can you tell us a little bit about your experience growing up from an underrepresented group in America and like what you've noticed, how that's impacted your perspective and like why that's pushed you to advocate the way you are now? Yeah, well, I'm going to jump on first. Uh, I'm going to say that well, growing up here, like the, I, I grew up in a majority of like I, I grew up in two places. One place was called Island Park, and the other place was called Baldwin. Um, I come from a Hispanic background, and I, I see I see like I see not really not really everyone from my culture that's around me. I, I see people from like you know um, uh, black descent around me, the majority, and then I see some uh, white people, and it, it it was really for me it was really like not i'm not going to say uncomfortable but it was really like blinding because i was never really exposed to people of my culture around my area the only people that i could really say that i reflected on were my cousins because you know they're family so i guess i did turn a blind eye i was type ignorant growing up in long island and i didn't really see the the troubles until i was older and i started understanding issues more and more it didn't hit me more until like I started working at a restaurant at a different town with people that um with people that did not have their their legal status and I was just like wow they they really just work away all their lives they they it's hard for them to take breaks because they really can't uh, afford to and you know like I, me coming from like the town I grew up in I was just I was blinded by that I was like wow I was born in Brooklyn. Well, for people who are in probably this is Elon. Um, I was born in Brooklyn, in Bed Stuy, and obviously Bed Stuy, you know, do or die notorious for um, having a lot of incidents of violence. And I was fortunate enough to grow up on the better side of it. That's unfortunately being gentrified right now. But I went to school in. Uh, I went to middle school at Williamsburg Collegiate Charter School, and I had a lot of friends there who lived in Bedside, but were also in the bad parts. And you just, when growing up in that type of environment, you, and with like my situation with me, you know, going to college and trying to chase my dreams and my goals, you get to see, you really see like 
how crazy it is for other people who are less fortunate than yourself and you realize the blessings that you have. Um, it's really bad with um, low-income housing, the amount of stuff that just happens there with violence and the over-policing. They just treat people like animals, and it's unfortunate, to be honest. So kind of to chime in with what Elon had said, I also grew up in New York. Um, to give a little bit of backstory about myself, this is Dustin, by the way. Uh, my family has a Caribbean origins. My Both of my parents are immigrants. And so my mom immigrated from Guyana and my dad immigrated from Trinidad. Um, they came here to give me and my siblings a better life. Um, so I was born after they had already immigrated. And I grew up in Queens, New York. Uh, and so basically growing up in Queens, I lived in a town called St. Albans. It was a little bit different from the rest of the guys. Um, I, I feel like I never felt like a minority there because the minority in that area was also somewhat of the majority. Growing up, I always had been surrounded by other African-American people so kind of seeing someone who was white was a, a little bit of a rare occasion, which made it all the more scary when you did run into a, a incident of some kind of judgment based off of your race. Because normally that wasn't something that I was used to experiencing. But as I grew up and started to branch out from Queens and started to notice there were more people that looked very different than me. I would kind of be a little bit more readily prepared for those kinds of uh, instances to occur. And so also very similar to Elon, where I grew up, there was definitely a lot of violence and definitely a lot of over-policing. I've had plenty of experiences where I'd just be minding my business, just chilling. And then in, in one occasion, I was just sitting in my car and a cop just came up to my car because apparently someone reported it. So <laughs> definitely not not uncommon to see stuff like that. And so that's kind of a little bit about my experience growing up in New York. That's really unfortunate that that happened. And it is true. Over-policing does tend to happen in cities, especially in like low income areas. And it's like so unfortunate that like you had to experience this, especially as a young age. But would you all say that this perspective changed a little bit when you came to college like how has gone going to college and experiencing especially at Albany like I think we have about 56 percent of people who identify as not white so if you're coming from an area where maybe there are more of a certain demographic than others it's a little bit of a culture shock so how did you adjust to this like did your perspective change at all mm. Can I, can I start real quick? Because I wanted to um say, like, for this is well, the way I look at it is that coming to college, I feel like you already have a certain type of mindset, except especially um such a big college like you all need. So I feel like where you gain that mindset and you're more open to culture is partially about how you're prepared, which is which comes from the home. And cultural, I really think like the critical part of culture shock is in high school because that's where everything's raw, and like you're real. That's when you're like I look at high school as like you know like pre college. Well, it is pre college, but in like the social life kind of you know 
You got you got make you got clicks. Everyone's you know trying to act older than their age, and that's when you start you know mixing and trying stuff, and when you know, like that culture shock is allowed to happen. But obviously, if you go to a dominant, like a, a dominant um, uh, black or Hispanic or dominant of one race high school, you won't get that experience. But for me, I went to a very um diverse high school, so from my experience, I was already you know, accustomed to seeing people of other races. And I didn't really see them as a problem, but I know, and I actually have a few friends, I actually have a few friends that you all knew who, when, this, I'm not trying to judge or anything, but I definitely can see how they've been culture shocked. It's like, you know, you see white people, well, I'm not trying to generalize, but it'll be snowing outside and I'll see some white students with shorts on in a, in a, in a tank top and it's snowing outside. And stuff like that. It's just, you're not really, you're just like, wow, I never knew this existed. But I really feel like that comes from, like, before you enter college. I didn't really know what to do when I started at Albany. I was just like, wow, like, I really got to be more protective about myself. I got to, like, you know, like, cover up because some of the some of the houses there are not really, like, made to insulate you properly. And I, I know it's just it was such, it was a big difference like going there like even like living on campus compared to living off campus it's also a big difference because you're you're not surrounded by the the downtown area of like what you see and sometimes like around it like every time I every time I walk around the block I always see like a cop like at least like five cops around the around the neighborhood every like ten minutes just over like driving around the streets making sure everything is safe but um. It's 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 quite shocking to me because where I grew up in Long Island, that's not what I saw at all. Like, I remember just casually just being peaceful, peacefully like walking around the, the streets and like, barely seeing a cop, and it, it was so so surprising for me. Um, I'll kind of chime in with that as well. Um, I can definitely attest to some of the stuff that that Derek was saying. Uh, My family has recently in the last couple of years moved out of that portion of Queens and now we do live in Long Island. And so I definitely agree that there's not as much uh, policing in in the nicer neighborhoods that that you'll see. And so especially going to Albany, I would say I was a little bit more prepared for it because I did, you know, prep myself to, to be in a different environment where I'll see other people who don't necessarily fit the same demographic that I do, who don't necessarily have the same experiences that I've had. And so I I feel like I definitely prepared myself a lot for it. And kind of like what Elon said, for in some case scenarios, it is a little bit of, of a culture shock because just like he had said, sometimes you'll go outside and it'll be a, a winter storm outside and I've had occasions where I was on campus and have seen that and people just walking around in their shorts and a tank top knowing it was cold so I, I definitely can attest to that as well people honestly one of the things that a lot of students from underrepresented groups or minority students kind of report when coming to UAlbany is that see an advertisement and you know they, because UAlbany champions the fact that they're a diverse college. If you go on a tour, they're like, we're the most diverse SUNY. They like tout it to high heaven. But once students get here, they feel as if they're not represented. They feel as if they're not supported. Would you say this coincides with your experience at all? Um, I'll start off. Um, well, um, fortunately enough for me, 
my first day here, um, one of my, well, Dylan, um, was the, he helped me move my stuff into my room. He helped me and my family. And automatically, he offered me, he offered a relationship. He offered me friendship automatically. So I was lucky enough to be able to have a people to I can rely on for friendship. Um, other people, I guess I'm looking at it from uh, some other people, other people's perspectives. It's obviously an assumption. I though it's not really that easy to just go up to anybody and be friends with them, and it, that's what that kind of you know it shuts people down. Like you have these this these um, white fraternities, you have multicultural fraternities, and everything is there's like little it's like cliques. Everything's so separated. So if you can't find a place to fit in. I can understand how it can be hard. And that's why you should, that's why the people who are feeling like they aren't fitting in or feeling like they're, you know, being pushed pushed aside by their school, look for communities where people, where you feel welcomed, such as fraternities. Like in this fraternity, I felt great. I'm friends with everybody in it and we help each other out in all types of ways. Like you have to find your community is a really big part. So I understand that. Um, kind of like Elon, my experience when I first came was actually pretty pleasant. Um, I I was able to make a, a good set of friends immediately, and I was able to kind of find my group of people that I could fit in with. And so, I I do also kind of speak from a place differing from others. I, in terms of the university itself, do I feel like it always represents or um, can do a better job at representing minority students. Of course I do, because I do feel like there are a lot of the same issues amongst minority students that I've been noticing, whether it comes down to financial aid, whether it comes down to how safe they may feel on campus. There's a lot of commonalities that I've been noticing when I speak to other minority students that I feel like the university has the resources and has the the authority to take care of and so i feel like the university itself may not necessarily always be representative of minority students but i do feel like you're able to as a minority student find your community that makes you feel welcome wow and um just gonna piggyback off of that like when i when i first came into albany I was I I really didn't know where I was like I, I, of course I had a cool set of sweet mates but then I also had my cousin who already experienced the Albany uh, experience and like he he showed me a a more like like open mindset I remember the first thing he told me before even coming to Albany was Albany is a place where you have to be more social than you ever have been in your life because if you're not you're not going to enjoy your experience and I didn't really understand those words because. Um, I could see, I could so see how people shut themselves out on campus and it like because you don't know really know how to interact with one another and how to how to get along. Like I, I'm not gonna lie that I I didn't really get along with my roommate. I had to I had to get a new roommate eventually, but like that that was all part of the, like it's all part of like the journey of Albany. That's the Albany experience that you meet people um of different backgrounds. I'm sure that a lot of people in that go to Albany do experience some sort some sort of like some sort of like social shock i'm gonna call it <laughs> and it, it, it's not it's not really the 
it's not really like the same for everybody, I could say. I wanted to add on to what Derek said. I completely agree with what you said. Like, looking at, I can relate to that myself. Like, from going from a small high school, my high school is 500, 500 students in total across all grades. Okay, going from that to all need this huge school where you see new people every day. It's, it's, you have to be prepared to interact with people you don't know comfortably. And that's a skill that you'll learn in Albany just from, you know, giving people a chance and being willing, around me, willing to socialize and step out your shell a little bit. And, you know, it's, it's really, it's really an experience that you have to make your own too. And that's all you can really do with it. Wow. That's, that's incredible. And honestly, like I relate that too, because my graduating class in high school was about 60 people and that was considered big. So when I went to college, because I transferred mm-hmm. here, so I went to a smaller college, but it was bigger than my last school. And even that was like, whoa. And then I came to Albany, which has over 13,000 undergraduates. And I was just like, yeah, it's crazy. But at the same time, like if you put yourself out there and sometimes you just really got to wing it, you can find people because there's almost with 13,000 people there's a niche for everybody. And some people find that niche within fraternities. Some people find that niche, they join clubs. They maybe they're lucky enough to get along with their roommate. I know I didn't, but some people get lucky. But one of the things in general, like this is an overarching theme in higher education as well, is people don't always feel represented by, in terms of faculty. So even at Albany, demographically speaking, most of the professor professors, are um they're middle-aged white men and they feel as if students students feel as if they're not really represented in teaching faculty and and in academia and they feel as this this can be kind of discouraging or these professors don't really know how to deal with people in diverse cultures would you say this coincides with your experience can you tell us a little bit about your experience with this or I'll, I'll start um for me, the way I the way I was uh, what I was told coming into college is that the your your college professors are not going to be like your high school professors. Your college professors are going to give you the work. They're going to tell you what you need to know, and then you go off on your own. And if you have questions or you're having difficulties, then you ask for help. Like with for because I from uh, I you know I keep talking back to high school, but it's like such a big comparison. But for my like high school professors there. You know, they engage with you. They talk to you, like, like, like deeply because of the class size. Like, in college, the classes are, well, it's not all of them, but the classes are huge. You know, those big classes in the auditorium, it's harder for that to really happen. So, I don't really think it's just because of their demographic and their race. I think it's more of just being prepared to not have that guidance from your teacher that you had in high school, which is really hard for a lot of people, but it's all tough, especially with COVID now. And now you have even less in-person um, guidance from your teacher. It makes it even harder. But I do understand, though, where I'm not going to completely disregard um, people's concerns about professors not relating or not being able to relate because I definitely um, have had a few, like, sus experiences well not a sus experience a sus experience where i feel like my professor 
could have done more, but I'm I'm expecting the bare minimum from my professors in terms of helping me. It's it's really you. I really think you have to look at it as you have to get your help from other students, uh, mentors, uh, what's it called, services they have, and most professors are going to be willing to help you if you ask. The fact that you said you had a sus experience because I'm not going to lie, I had a sus experience too. I remember it was even a semester too. Like it was just I, at first I didn't think too much of it, but going on throughout the class, it was just like I felt where the teacher wasn't really like the professor wasn't really like. And again, I'm not going to really name it, but it, it, it was just it got it got to a fact where where I, I would have a good question to ask and I would always be engaged with the lectures, but I like I like again like I said I said what I need to say and I had a feeling the professor would target me out of everybody else in the classroom and make me like make me a little bit like, you know, uh, caught off guard and then she would always make remarks saying I would like to add on to that as well because although I wouldn't necessarily say I've personally had any thus experiences with professors. I will say that I do know of others having some pretty bad experiences with their professors. And I feel like that's definitely something that should be, I feel like that's something that should be addressed amongst faculty. Um, I remember my friend, her name is Diamond. Um, she had sent an email to her professor and the response was how do you pronounce your name as in as if diamond were to be pronounced any other way than diamond right so i feel like that is just kind of one instance of a little bit of insensitivity on, on the professor's part and a little bit of lack of uh la i feel like that would be a, a lack of common decency because at the end of the day I, I understand, but to make the assumption that just because of someone's race or because of some the, the way that someone grew up or their culture, that such a common name like that would be pronounced a different way. I feel like that's a little bit insensitive on their behalf. Yeah, absolutely. And like working in academic affairs, I've heard concerns from students as well. Like there was one professor earlier in the year. This caused a pretty big uproar an essay at least where um they were on a survey and they sociology literally class. it was for a sociology class mind you and they put on the survey asking what the students like races were and you know they had like latino slash hispanic they had white and then instead of black no, they had the word Negro. that's a lot <laughs> that's crazy that's straight up derogatory. That's just an outdated term. Like, it's just... Yeah. And mind you, they That's were teaching sociology. Is that, was that, like, an example for, like, a lesson in sociology or something? Like, that's... Because that's crazy. That is crazy. No. It wasn't. The person straight up asked this as a survey just to ask the class that's just to gauge their demographic. That's very... Yeah, at that point, and that that's definitely something that I feel should be grounds for some kind of disciplinary action on the faculty's yeah. side. You guys have had some experiences with this, but overall, like students do talk about like some professors just being insensitive, training not being up to date. 
not knowing about proper terminology, maybe not admitting implicit bias, that kind of thing. So um, what do you think are some ways that we can improve this Uh, so stuff like that doesn't happen? One thing that I think faculty can do in this administration in general is um, training. And it really starts with uh, training, how these teachers are trained. Um, Training teachers to be sensitive is crucial because this is this is me i'm gonna connect this because i actually wrote a paper recently about how we can reform the police um because i'm not gonna go into depth with because this is a whole other topic but with policing you have to i personally believe they have to be trained in a certain way to be sensitive they have to be you have to make sure that that's within them because that's not that can't be assumed you can't assume your professor to you can't assume a person will be sensitive towards everyone and look and make sure everyone is comfortable you have to make sure that's enforced and i think that's something that administration should do yeah i i definitely agree but i i also feel like the faculty should take a step in a different type of direction because um, like I'm gonna compare this to politics. Some of the polit like politicians, senators, they don't really represent like the majority of like where they're who they're representing. So if I feel like if professors, uh, if they hire more professors who represent the students, like again, I believe the number was fifty six percent. Um, represent the fifty six percent more. Maybe you could have less of issues that that occurred, such as in my class or in that class that you spoke about in sociology and maybe you can even have a more a more tie between a more a more deeper understanding tie between the professors and students if students and professors were able to along then there shouldn't really be any issues between like you know uh between oh this this professor did that to me so i'm gonna do this no it's it's not at the end of the day we're all here for an education so if i don't know that's 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 the type of this. That's I feel like that's the type of the right direction that we should like lean towards to have people that that understand our background uh, that are not going to be insensitive and not say how do you pronounce yeah. your name even. Though actually, that's... I actually agree with that. So you're saying like just have like more diversity amongst teachers, so like the students can you know that first impression where the student meets a teacher, like they can they can see themselves a little bit, they can relate, you know, resonate and not feel like, all right, this guy totally doesn't get me. I actually feel like that's also something that they could do. Yeah. And, I, and I'm going to speak with another good experience I had. Um, well, great experience I had, which was this semester where professor understood my situation that I was in. And it, it, it was like professional, but also it was funny because the, the professor was Puerto Rican and like we were making some comments translating it back to English with each other and like I keep in mind active professor so I was just like whoa this is like to do but the professor was like he was okay with it like you know it, it made me realize like you know there's actually like good people in this world that that, that are like me and really care you know it, it did give me some good feelings after after that and now like like that's like that's that's a, that's the type of relation that a professor and student should have nothing nothing like where the students shouldn't feel like they're oh, like the the professor's the worst nightmare. It should be a more link to link. The topic as well 
I do feel like there should be some form of, I, I kind of agree with what Elon was saying. There should be some form of training on how to be sensitive to, to different students, especially for people who don't understand exactly what students have gone through. And I understand that in some case scenarios, uh, I feel like them not understanding may come off as rude when it was not meant to. Like in the circumstance where someone is asking a question about someone's culture and they don't understand that asking that question may be offensive. I feel like that's the kind of training that they should have for faculty to understand where they're pushing their boundaries and where it's it's okay to actually ask these questions or to get the extra information that they're looking for so that they can better understand their students. And kind of like with what, what uh, Derek was explaining, I've also had some really good experiences with professors who actually didn't look like me. Like I remember my business law class, uh, I love them to death. Um, my professor, uh, Professor Morgan, he was such an amazing professor because he kind of embodied everything that we're kind of talking about now in that he was very sensitive to what other people had going on. He was very understanding of other people and he didn't push those boundaries. What he did was he made the learning environment fun for everyone. It, it didn't matter if you look different than him. It didn't matter if you spoke different than him. Everyone was able to have that close relationship with him. And so, And that kind of is even contrary to what Elon was saying because the class was over 500 people. And if 500 people can feel like they relate to one person, then I feel like that professor is doing an amazing job. And so that was definitely one of my better experiences with professors at, at the university so far. It's crazy that you say that because I also had a, my B-Law professor um, it wasn't um, Morgan. It was the other one. I, I know I'm talking about him. Like, he's amazing. I don't even remember his name. But this guy, the way he teaches, it was just with, like, passion and with kindness. And he, he like, and it was a huge class, too, in the auditorium. But he, he would just make everyone feel included, make everyone feel like they, they had a reason to be there. And, like, for example, just the simple things, like, when you're, when you're, when the first day of class and you're saying everyone's name, for calling out everyone's name for the first time, and you don't know how to pronounce the name, just make, just, you know, say, correct me if I'm incorrect, you know, make people comfortable correcting your name. Because I know a lot of the times people will, a professor will say someone's name correct and the student will let it slide because they're just afraid to say something. And then they'll just be called the wrong name for the rest of the semester. Like simple things like that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think these issues, too, kind of extend to society as a whole. Um, Derek even mentioned earlier about representation. I mean, again, you look, it's getting better. I mean, this election time around, we elected members who are LGBTQ. We um, elected more people who are more representative of the demographic of the United States. But, you know, in government in particular, there's still a lot of it's still not necessarily representative. And as Derek mentioned, like these people might not be able to potentially represent as well as they could. Other candidates might have had a unique experience. So kind of drawing back on that, what do you think needs to change as society as a whole to make society more inclusive and more culturally sensitive mm -hmm. of people? See, that who don't look right like there is other just... people. 
the million dollar question, right? Because that's something that's generational because it's just, it's so deeply embedded within our institutions, within people, like people who are still alive today, like older people, these older people who are, you know, alive during segregation and all these race, extreme racism in America periods of time. And the people who still feel like, that's how things should be. They're going to teach about that, you know, in the little ways and not teach compassion. So I think it's honestly just going to have to start off with the, with how we educate the young and that's going to, and that's hard, but I feel like with school, with, with schooling, schooling is going to be a big way how, and especially, and that's also, let me tie this to college. This is exactly why I feel like college is such a, crucial thing for everybody in my opinion even people who aren't trying to pursue things and obviously that that ties into other problems with college like pricing and stuff like that but say like in a perfect world like college isn't a financial issue for people college can open up people's mindsets so people who are come from a background and have only been exposed to you know hatred towards another race you know you get to actually go to college see people of this other race that you've been taught to hate or dislike and you get to know them and have your own experience and have your own thoughts and your own ideas and through that type of dissensus and like that deconstruction of like um racism and separation i think that's how we're going to do it but i think that's a generational task that's still has a lot to go um i kind of agree with what elon is saying um Definitely, there's a lot of deep-rooted stuff within American society that, over time, we as a society just have to learn to to get through um, and be a lot more understanding of, of everyone included. Um, kind of like what you had mentioned, this election period, we've definitely been taking a lot of strides. But I feel like we're taking a lot of strides towards... Um, we're taking a lot of strides towards a, a lot of uh, a, a lot of issues that we are, are kind of new to. And I feel like there's also a lot of issues that are still so deeply rooted that we, we've just been falling behind on. And so I feel like we need to take a holistic approach and just take strides towards overall acceptance of everybody. And so definitely as a society, one thing that I feel like we can kind of do to to further along our progress is to continue to make these small victories and continue to be more inclusive of other people, but also not forget the big picture of not just a small victory, but a, a, a huge win, making sure that everyone is included. And it doesn't have to be a conversation of as a minority versus as as a majority because we all know that when we're talking about the majority there's mainly just one people or, or one set of people that we're talking about and i feel for a lot of i feel for a lot of them because at the end of the day not everyone is the the same exact way kind of like what elon was saying a lot of the stuff kind of roots from older generations and so a lot of the newer generations don't necessarily embody the same stuff that the older generation does and so when they're looked at in a specific way, it, it can, I, I feel like it can also be a little bit frustrating for them. And so I feel like as a society, we all have to understand everyone's frustrations and move forward. So going off of that overarching topic and addressing this as a generational issue, 
which is a really good point. What are ways that, and again, you guys specialize in this, especially being a fraternity that seeks to empower men from multicultural backgrounds. What are some ways that on a society level or even in higher education, minority groups can empower each other to give themselves more opportunities to succeed and to close this generational gap and issue even though society doesn't always look out for their best interests. So first off, we just have to look out for each other. Like we're not really, I feel like right now, we don't really look out for each other unless a tragedy happens. Someone gets someone gets murdered by the police on camera or something that tragedy happens. Like if you know, if we're just in regular good old regular, you know, underlying racist America where, you know, racism is hidden very well, then you know, everyone's chilling, everyone's on their own timing. But I think what we have to do is acknowledge that there is this deeper racism, there is this deeper separatism and we have to come together within our communities activism this locally like for i feel like the this recent election was a great example of what we could do when we work together like this election was a huge process that of that took a whole bunch of local rallying from minorities to other minorities and if we can just bring that into other sectors of our life, then the sky's the limit. I was going to say how, how, how we, how we breach that, that sort of barrier that we have. Like, yeah. One of the things that we, we, is our motto is uh, brotherhoods beyond all barriers. And one of those things that we, that we do to breach the barriers is, you know, have everyone in the same mindset. I'm sorry if that sounds corny, but it's true. It's, it's if like, someone is you you know when someone is blissful blissfully ignorant you know you know you see it but if you have someone in the same mindset as you i feel like you can make them more woke as to how is the system running again what elon was saying about like this election was a great example of what what everyone doing like coming together can the sky is the limit that's really what it is the there is no barrier the barrier is i guess it, it is some somewhat of ignorance but again if we promote like you know diversification the coming together the 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 you know everything everything being mixed into one pot not just one one typical mindset it's it's if you start realizing that you're more self self aware that about your surroundings and how things usually get done and what are you going to do about it you know so i definitely agree with both Elon and Eric on that um, I, I really like one thing that Derek had said that was the, the whole thing about ignorance and bliss. I feel like when people aren't educated about a specific topic, and that kind of just goes back to the last point I was making as well. When people aren't educated about a topic, they're not aware of the, the impact that it has. They're not aware of the the implications of the things they may say. Like for for who downplay certain movements they they don't understand the actual meaning behind the movement they just kind of associate one themselves and so when you take the time to educate others i feel like that then places the that that kind of gives you an opportunity to 
you know, make it a teachable moment and and show people actual impact rather than just telling them what it means to you. I feel like people will always understand it once they feel it rather than just hearing it from somebody. Again, you guys have been doing great trying to empower the Albany community and getting involved and spreading your reach to different student orgs. And the Albany community can learn a lot from you. And thank you guys so much for coming on. Again, you Albany students can learn a lot from you and really hope that they can take what they've learned and use it to empower others in the community and make us a more inclusive society in general, not even just in higher education. So Yeah, thank you for having having me. Yeah, most um, definitely. Thank you so much for giving us this platform to honestly, voice our yeah, opinions. This, this is awesome. Very we honest. love the Cobra vibes. <laughs> So, in other words, this is going to be an opportunity to plug Sigma Beta Rho Fraternity Incorporated if you are a multicultural and identifying man and love their vision. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. (laughs) And everybody, take care. Have a wonderful semester on the student soapbox.